Why should you do business with Sage International Incorporated instead of filing a corporation or LLC on your own, or worse, using one of those $99 plus state fee sites? First, you actually get to talk with someone who is going to work directly with you to develop a business strategy that is tailored specifically to the business you want to start. Second, unless you know what questions to ask, how do you know if the entity you choose will actually do everything you think it should, like protect your assets and significantly reduce your taxes? For over 20 years, Sage International Incorporated has helped thousands of business owners put a proper foundation under their dream. If you want to get started in the right business track, schedule your free 30-minute consultation today. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779 or visit sageintl.com. Now, the Wealth Protection Diva is a successful entrepreneur, business owner, and premier business strategist, president and CEO of Sage International Incorporated, and a national speaker best-selling author and motivational teacher of financial education, business development, and wealth protection strategies, the joys and frustrations of being a business owner. Her insights are motivating, her frankness inspiring. Here is Sherry Hill. Welcome to the Sherry Hill Show. Gosh, a good friend of mine just blew into town and I grabbed him so we could catch up. Phil Johncock, who has drawn from over 40 years as an innovative educator and consultant to some of the U.S., Canadian, and Mexican top corporations, along with his own experience in building virtual businesses from scratch, has written and published 35 books designing a system for learning grant writing that resulted in $1.2 billion in funding in the first two and a half years. Phil mentors with a can-do-now attitude and has lots of integrity. We've known each other a very long time. So glad to see you. What brought us together many years ago was the nonprofit world. You spent a lot of time educating, still doing that. And I know right now that you've developed uh, for many years, but you're going online with your Grant Pro 101. So but let's kind of lay the foundation, Phil. Glad you're here. Thank you. Because you spent a lot of time in the nonprofit world, really, you know, drilling down into the issues and with the pandemic and as many nonprofits as are out there, what are you seeing in, in that industry? Yeah, well, the, I, I see some that are thriving. I mean, uh, there's Rogue Retreat that works with homeless that I was one of my clients, and, and they are just taking off. They've expanded. They opened up a urban campground, they, they, a shelter, uh, a tiny house village, and then now they're going to other communities. They, they were able to not pivot, but to expand what they currently offer and expand their market to other communities that want to learn what they Learn. So I help them create what's called Hope University, which is all online, you know, classes to treat, teach, teach community what this nonprofit really knows well. And so they and and they and they just gave their employees all a raise. They went from 14 an hour to 16 an hour, and it cost the organization another 250 thousand dollars a year just for that raise. But it's a significant choice that they made, and they're attracting more people to work with them. Of course, one-third of their employees are lived 
you know, people who've had lived experience, what's called lived experience, which is a, kind of the buzzword for people who've come up through the system and maybe were homeless at one point in their life. But um, so that's just one example of an organization that has thri is thriving right now. Then you've got a lot of them that are, are not doing so well. And it's, it's sad to see that, um, you know, some of the stories are that, um, you know, they, they lost their funding, they can't do their fundraising events anymore, and, um, and, and so, I, and, and they can't find good workers. So just like this Rogue Retreat had to increase the, the pay, most nonprofits can't in, increase it like that or haven't chosen to well, do that. if you're losing your funding. I yeah. Mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and um, we know that 69% of all nonprofits have budgets less than $50,000 a year. So they're small, and um, uh, those that, and then we have the larger ones. I think the larger ones were able are are doing okay. I mean, schools, universities—they're not nonprofits, but they get a lot of grant funding. You know, they are they're they're struggling now too because their enrollments have dropped, and you know, they're doing trying to convert pivot over to doing everything online and having challenges with that. Um, I think that just like every individual is um, a challenging time and you can't do the social events and go to concerts or whatever you like to do with groups of people. So it's trying to be creative. What are the ways that um, as an individual um, you can actually be of service to your organization and how can the organization actually either pivot into something that's maybe similar or in another area or uh, to expand their services somehow. And it takes a different mindset to do that. And so it's kind of shifting away from just doing programs. I mean, so many nonprofits said, we just do this program. We're gonna serve the senior population or we're gonna help this particular disabled group or we're, we're doing this. So um, when that, um, the services, um, they're not getting the money to do the services, so they drop. They have to do cut, cut back, like any business has right. to do. If you're not getting revenue coming in, you got to reduce your expenses, right? So, so you you make. So where do you cut? Cut money, uh, cut, and where do you um, where do you expand? And what kinds of resources are available now? And I really like this topic of what are the new. There's $6.8 trillion in federal grant funding that's available now in, 2000, in, in 2021 that wasn't there before. But where is that money? How do you find it? How do you, as a nonprofit, access some of that? How do you partner with like innovation hubs, you know, these regional efforts to try to bring people together to find solutions? How do we employ the 10 million people that are out of work? And so all of those solutions require a, a different skill set and a different planning process. What you could do in person, now you gotta do, of course, with Zoom, but, but getting people together and um, having enough foresight to, you know, to anticipate what's going to happen and also what, how, how, how do we identify what the biggest issue, biggest problems are that our communities are not able to solve right now that are coming up as a result of COVID and how we can thrive and not just uh, survive or go under. It's an odd 
wheel right now. So you have existing nonprofits who, you know, the EDs are, you know, challenged to go out and find the money. Most are not grant writers, right? They either had someone on staff and then, as you say, cutting back, or they're just challenged to find those grants and then challenged to write an effective grant. And so let, let's talk about how you, you know, took some of that and came up with your program, the Grant Pro 101, what that is, how that would help smaller nonprofits. And, you know, as you stated, one of the biggest challenges, the money's out there, but how do I find it? Yeah, how do I find it? And uh, for the people, how do I use the existing staff you know, the ED, the, the various people that may not have a background in fundraising or in grant writing. And uh, so it becomes, uh, you know, they need to be trained. They need, but they, can't, they don't have the time to go to a college or university and take semester-long classes. And, you know, this is, this is a unique time that the Zoom and the Internet has now made online more accessible to the average person. So a person at home can, can get training or a person, you know, that your ED is probably working from home, right? So, so having some sort of online training that's available when they need it. And, um, and, and so the, the Grant Pro 101 is actually based on our experience um, over uh, many years where we looked at the writing skill and what's the basic, in 30 hours, what do you need to learn or what can we teach you in 30 hours that you're going to be a successful grant writer? And so that's our focus. And we use the most widely used grant writing format in the world, which is actually comes from our own federal government. And we use that so you leave with, and we do mock proposals and, and you learn how to do peer reviews of other, of other proposals because most mistakes, or one of the mistakes that many start, uh, grant writers starting out make is that they, they send in a first draft of a proposal. And so if you look at, you know, most proposals have like a rating scale, let's say zero to 100, right? And our students, if left without any instruction or help, would probably score about a 37. So what we found is that with some training and with some peer review where they would learn to look for the key things that funders are looking for, then those scores went from 37 to 97. Mm, wow. And so you learn that process and it's a unique peer. Um, I didn't patent it, but I learned it from a UNR professor and, um, and, and it's a process that we've, we've tested over time and then we use that in our classes. So if somebody wanted to find out more about the Grant Pro 101, they go to your website? Yes, yes. And the website is uh, grantsacademy.us. And um, they can go there and, and they can get information. There's a variety of different courses. We have entry-level courses, which the Grant Pro 101 is entry-level. Then we have advanced courses. We have like how to pass the Grant Professional Certification exam. So if you have five grants under your belt, you might want to take this advanced class. And there's some people out there that have some experience. So um, getting those people advanced and entry-level, we have the whole spectrum of that. But somebody like you're talking about the Grant, Grant Pro 101, um, of course, would be on the website.
think everybody should start at the basic because you're always going to learn something, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> and, and the people that have taken the advanced, even beginners can take the grant professional certification exam prep course because it gives you a framework. It says, okay, if you're going to be assessed as a grant professional, there's these nine competencies. You're going to have to write, you're going to have to craft a winning um, application. You're going to have to do funder research. You're going to have to have ethics, you know, uh, identify conflicts of interest, which you know is, is, is not as easy to, to, to identify. And, and so those, those, so our beginning folks sometimes take the advanced training just to get an idea of the framework. Now they're not ready to pass the exam, and they, they haven't don't have enough. They don't have five grants under their belt, but it gives them a framework. So both of those courses are the two ends of the spectrum. Then we have lots of free webinars and lots of, of training along the way in between those two. We call it A to Z learning. From A to Z, we've got you know B to Y. <laughs> Good. <laughs> we have to go to break when I come back, pick up with Phil Johncock, who's been really inspirational in the nonprofit world for many years and has written 35 books. And I'm anxious to learn more about what he's doing. And I'm so glad to see him. We'll be right back. Hello, I'm Brian Cushing, Senior Loan Officer at Guild Mortgage. Join me and the rest of the Nevada Real Estate Radio team. I love talking about my specialty, the mortgage world, and how we help families in Northern Nevada accomplish their dreams of home ownership. Make sure you totally understand before you sign on the dotted line. Tune in to Nevada Real Estate Radio, Thursday, 3 p.m., Nevada Real Estate Radio. Guild Mortgage Company is an equal housing lender. Company NMLS number 3274. NV Banker number 1076. NV Broker number 1141. Brian Cushing NMLS number 303045. Telephone number 775-453-0345. Located in 6990 South McCarran Boulevard, Suite 200. Reno, Nevada 89509. All loans subject to underwriter approval. Terms and conditions may apply. Subject to change without notice. Remember the heat from last summer? Remember how the sun can damage your flooring, furniture, and window coverings? Energy efficiency meets style and comfort when you get SunTech Solar Screening for your windows or sliding doors. You get more comfort and you save money with SunTech. Call for a free estimate, 352-9396. Get SunTech Solar Screening, 352-9396. Or go online, suntechsolarscreens.com. Call SunTech Solar Screening. If you have comments about today's show or any questions, please email sherry at sherryhillshow.com. Welcome back and thank you for tuning into the Sherry Hill Show. Really happy of my good friend, Phil Johncock, who is the founder and lead faculty for Grants Academy, which is an online education platform. Go out to grantsacademy.us if you are involved in a nonprofit, on the board, an ED, a volunteer, anyone. This is great education to really figure out how to be an effective grant writer. Also, uh, Phil, because you you know you have a lot of successes, right? You've written 35 books, which I'm hugely impressed. What let's let's talk about what some of your successes have been. We haven't seen each other in a while, so what what's been going on? Well, well, thanks for grabbing me. You <laughs> yes. know, and and um, it's great to see you too. And uh, the successes, um, I'll just do maybe some recent ones and go back from that. So, uh, just 
over Thanksgiving, last Thanksgiving on a Sunday, we found out that the Oregon, I live now in Ashland, Oregon, Southern Oregon. So we found out that this COVID money was, came to the state. The state decided to earmark, um, I think it was $60 million to purchase hotels. And it's called Project Turnkey and following a model in California and converting them into non-congregate shelters. I found out about it on a Sunday. We had a meeting on Monday. It, the proposal was due on Wednesday, but it required all of these partners. You got to have you got to have the city. This was a nonprofit that would apply, and the city of Medford um, needed to be part of it. And all of these, how do you get letters of support from a whole community of organizations in a day or two? Well, I didn't do it. First of all, I. That was something that I, I didn't delegate it, but one of the, the, the team members of the grant uh, um, got all of those people, got those, those letters. So we, we ended up getting a hotel called the Redwood Inn. It's on Riverside Street in Medford. And um, that money was not for homeless, but it was for the people who were displaced from the Almeida fire last September. So 3,500 people lost their homes or the residents, and 2,000 homes, mostly low-income kind of mobile homes, were destroyed. So this hotel is being used for those, those people, and we got $2.5 million. So that three-day period, Monday through, through Wednesday, we, we got it together, we turned it in, and it, it was successful. So that's one of our recent successful successes. And then now the very first success that I had um, was, was it, and I've written myself probably close to 60 grants and I have a 94 success, uh, success, percent success rate. My first grant, I got $2.5 million over five years from the federal government to teach newly legalized immigrants English and citizenship skills. Uh, I didn't at, at the end of those five years, one of the saddest days of my life was telling 3,000 students and 20 teachers and 10 tutors they no longer had classes because I had not got the concept of creating a sustainability plan. The federal money ran out, and that's one of the things that happens, as you know, with grants, sometimes it's, it's not going to be there every year. Sometimes it's seed money to start. So this was more seed money to start something, address a particular need quickly, but the sustainability wasn't in place. So I learned in that moment to every single program from that point forward in my career has to be sustainable or I won't, I won't be involved. Mm -hmm. And, and everyone has, everyone has success. So those are just some examples That's of success. And I know that you uh, just wrote a book on homeless. What, what was the title? Uh, two books on, on the homelessness issue. One was called Stimulus for Homeless last year to help, uh, help anybody could help their unhoused neighbors get their stimulus checks and create a, a spending plan. And then the second book uh, is called Small Town, Big Problem. And it's the success of in my little town of Ashland with 20,000 people, how 
we came together under one single vision and started as all volunteers, and then we ended up getting a million dollars over three years. And now they got a Project Turnkey Super 8 hotel that's been converted, and it's fully sustainable. And I thought it was going to take five or ten years. It's fully sustainable in less than three years. That's awesome. I Before the show, we were talking about you know, the stimulus checks for people who have been displaced, um, and it was interesting because you talk about a spending plan. Just hit on that. Yeah, well, one of the things last year at this time, uh, if, you were, if you wondered where I was, I would be running a warming center for the homeless in Grants Pass, which is 40, 40 minutes north of Ashland. And when the first stimulus check came out, we asked when people would come in, of course, we had all the COVID requirements, so long lines, you know, six feet of tape, you know, every six feet outside and people would line up around the corner and then around the back. And, um, and we asked them a bunch of questions. You know, when did you become homeless? You know, was, was one of the first questions. And people at, said yesterday. And then some people said, you know, three years, we're chronic homeless. But we asked one time, what, how many, have you gotten your stimulus check yet? And 80% um, of them had not gotten their checks, and they didn't know how to get them. So we said, well, maybe that's a service that we need to figure out how to help them get that. So we helped them get their, their checks, like $30,000, very, very quickly. And then um, I noticed, and, and this wasn't my doing, but I noticed that uh, one person uh, used his stimulus check to, to hire an attorney to take care of his legal issues. Another guy bought a truck. A third guest at the warming center um, paid for gas and food, and then one slept in the front, one slept in the back, so it was a partnership. And then a fourth one uh, got a bicycle so he could go to and from work. So it, it, it sort of something in my mind just, just said, this is, this is a, um, interesting how the people who have a plan with to do with the money get out of homelessness or get out of being homeless and the ones who don't have a plan i don't know what happens with them maybe they're successful too but there's a giving uh, model out of canada that gives people they give them like seventy five hundred dollars and then they track them over a year and how many of those put it into savings how many people get out of homeless so um what we discovered is what if we the next with the second check that comes out and the third one is give people some help with creating a spending plan. So I actually interviewed a lady from here from Reno who's, who runs the um, uh, Opportunity Alliance Nevada nonprofit, and because that's what they found, their volunteer financial navigators, they found that the thing that most Nevadans need financially struggling is help with creating a spending plan. And so they gave me that idea, I interviewed them, and that went into the book. So the book is really about how to help uh, the unhoused neighbors get the, the stimulus money, but how to create a spending plan. That's awesome. Great advice. I've been talking with Phil Johncock. You can go out to his website, philjohncock.com. He's got all his books listed there, all you can buy on Amazon, of course. Uh, just phenomenal information. Hopefully folks that are listening will uh, tap into the grantsacademy.us. That's the website, 30 hours of essential 
grant writing training. And uh, Phil, thank you for being here. Yeah, so well, thank you for having me. I want to thank everyone for tuning into The Sherry Hill Show, where business is amplified. The Sherry Hill Show values the role we play in supporting the economic engine driving this country. Small business, the backbone of America. Send her a message on Facebook.com slash Sherry Hill Show. And tune in next week, same time, same station, for The Sherry Hill Show. Natakwa. Natakwa. Natakwa News, the original, entertaining, informative, and historic publication. Natakwa News is a community newspaper with good news, history, travel, and fun. Natakwa News is delivered to the north slopes of the Sierra Nevada throughout Nevada and California. It's a delightful experience of yesteryear. The articles are outstanding, and the illustrations bring the stories to life. Fun for all ages. Natakwa News. Pick up your copy today. Natakwa. 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 Natakwa.